episode 103 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with Sean Z. No Farky tonight, and uh, we do apologize for our absence last week. I was gallivanting on the West Coast while, Sean, you were too busy not being elite and not hiring people to shovel your snow. So what, what's up with that? Uh, well, that particular, uh, what was it, Thursday, I actually was out of town, too, so I was driving in. We got hit with the snowstorm basically from 5 p.m. to about 8 p.m., so just the perfect window. Um, mm-hmm. The wife hadn't been home yet. I had to make sure she'd get up the driveway. So, yeah, I don't have a ton of excuses as it relates to that other than, uh, yeah, happy wife, happy life. And if she can't get up the driveway, she ain't going to be happy. That's a good point. It's a good point. Well, I just figured you're so elite, you know, you're so above brow that you'd have – I figured you'd pay people to do that, not, not actually spend your, your time doing uh, – Cut my own grass, work. man. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of, of people. Salt of the earth. <laughs> All right, so Sean, I had a man of the people meal tonight. I had a, a nice Olive Garden meal. Had Shit. a few glasses of the deep red. Got some uh, some red just sitting here that I'll be drinking throughout this podcast. So I'm impressed. I'm I mean, you went out and really treated yourself. Normally, yeah, it's hamburger yeah. Alper. Well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not Nick Schill. I'm not Nick Schill from the College Pod. Find them on Twitter at NEGPodCFB. But uh, yeah, living life a little bit. You know, my my birthday's in March, but my aunt took me out in in December for my birthday meal. So. I like to spread it out a little bit. Um, wow. And then here we are. So we're talking fantasy football playoffs. One of the people on this podcast is in the playoffs. The other one, not so much. So, Sean, like, what? tell me how week 14's like for you without fantasy football in your life. You act as if I'm in one or two leagues. <laughs> I, I was actually – I had three games last week. Um, I've got three this week. I went two and one last week, and then I've got – you know, three semis. I'm, I am counting the, the, the toilet bowl for the dynasty, but I sure. actually think we have a chance to win the, the loser's bracket. So get in, get some draft picks, build towards the future. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I didn't perform so well in, in two <laughs> Yahoo leagues, but uh, there's been enough insanity this year that I feel pretty confident that I just blame it on that. Yeah, there's there's always uh, different things that happen each year that just frustrate the hell out of you, whether it's you relying on um, you know a week thirteen win even if you've been the highest scoring team all year just to sneak in the playoffs. That happened to me this um, back in week thirteen. I, all I know um, is or, shit, pure shit. Finished the season strong, five and eight, and you know you, you're was building not a team that you wanted to mess with. Right, building towards 2019. You're trying to take that momentum into next year. Albeit, right? none of the players will be on the roster next year. <laughs> I do have a quote from Farkey, who lost to the Monday Night Man in a yep. in an epic showdown. Uh, I'll just read it for you. The Monday Night Man rolled me, plain and simple. Textbook <laughs> ass beating. He has the better team, and mine took a huge dump on my front lawn. Watch out for the Monday Night Man's team in Brownstown as well. His team's comp is Baker Mayfield, aka dangerous farky out so that's all he had to add today um you know as he kind of ventured off btc with his uh, yeah his partner yep. in in one rue uh lost as well in a massive upset that by the way mm-hmm. i called and i believe a few of you guys said that there was no possible way and i said with julio jones and uh who's his other receiver jarvis landry jarvis landry uh, there's a will there. Wet, there's a way there. Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, yeah. So he had a three-headed yep. monster that particularly Jarvis blew up, and we'll get to him, I'm sure, as the pod goes along here. 
Yeah, so let me let me read the text that I got from Farky. Um, I'm so aggravated. Manipolian, the team that beat them, is an effing problem for us. All three games this season, uh, all three games they played each other, they beat them. Rue texted me, too, on a separate uh, text chain and said, I looked at the numbers, and they outscored us five times this year. And five of those, three of those times is when we played each other. Obviously, I'm just impressed. Um, Rue looked at the numbers. Like, <laughs> I, other than Farky, I'm not sure who's doing shit on that rock. Well, who's doing shit? Because I talked to Farky. He knows their running back situation was was rail thin. But Rue didn't yeah. seem to have a care in the world. It didn't necessarily rear Ted, but. Uh, in, they go into the offseason. They're going to have to make some moves. we got to post some of these rosters heading into the offseason for the listeners mm. to allow them to kind of follow along in the league. Sure. I, I think with Rue, it, it's one of those things where it's uh, – He know, reclined. He, that, that's what it came he, down to. <laughs> he reclined until it was too late. Um, and he couldn't get he couldn't get his ass up. He's too indent, indented into Word that. Word on the street that, was, uh, he was he was – on Monday, he was reaching out to the Monday Night Man about, you know, if there was still a spot open in Denver. And it's like – Man, you got you're gonna end up on the no fly list with that attitude. You start booking these last minute plane tickets. Oh my god! Put your ass goodness. in a car and drive seventy three hours. <laughs> oh, Rue, love him. Um, yeah, I, I had a I had a so so week last week. Uh, won one league, had the buy in two weeks, and then um, I lost two other leagues. I got hit by Amari Cooper's three touchdowns. Um, lost to the dynamic tree of Saquon Barkley, Badgley, the kicker for the Chargers. I lost to Badgley. Yeah, he Giants, was the one that I lost Giants to. Giants defense. He, he actually Giants was the reason I lost. I that's yeah. why I'm I'm my campaign in the off season in the college pod no is Michigan over. It is eliminate the kicker. It is the yep. dumbest, stupidest position in fantasy football. I don't want to hear. Oh, well, it's part of scoring. So are defensive players. And right. you don't pick defensive players in most leagues that mean shit. So no, it's dumb. Um, <laughs> I can even be had that the PPR is stupid in that you're better off with the first down based league, but that's a drastic at least for this day and age. But kickers outright stupid. Okay, I'm fair. I'm I'm good with that. Let's talk about that team, um, the, the Chargers. Thursday night, the Chargers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be hopefully a wildly entertaining game. The Chiefs got something to play for here because if they lose, then I believe the Chargers overtake them in the AFC West. They're obviously down Kareem Hunt, probably down Spencer Ware as well. That means Damian Williams comes in. And, Sean, I just picked him up from the league from the Ville. I'm making moves for Damian Williams elsewhere in my fantasy football leagues. I'm seriously contemplating starting Damian Williams over Mark Ingram this week. Am I crazy? No, I, I think it's probably a play. Here's what I will say. Why the hell is this game on Thursday? I you can't yeah. give me a reason. It's it, they're not like what? Why is it not Friday? All high school's done at this point, so you're not fighting that. The extra day would make a tremendous difference. These teams are beaten to hell, and it, you can't have maybe a bigger game this year. This year, this late in the season, division right. implications and everything else it makes absolutely no sense. It's a disservice, disservice to both teams. I hate it. <laughs> well, get used to I, that again, team. We, There's going to be a lot of things I hate, and a lot of things lot of I'm ready to hate, light up. Hate, 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 you got you hate in your heart. heart let it out. out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually I agree. I didn't really think of that. I mean, this is arguably probably at least 
maybe the second most important regular season game outside of the uh, the Denver Rams Browns Saints. game. You're right. I well, agree with you. Right behind. <laughs> we're not. This Saturday we're not night. there right. yet. We're not there yet. Oh, but, we're getting uh, there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, probably Rams Saints might have been a little bit bigger, but. When it all comes down to it, I mean, you know, obviously when the NFL was scheduling this, they probably didn't think the Chargers would be as good as they were. However, you know, this is huge. This is huge for seeding. I mean, this could turn the um, Chargers from the five seed to the one seed and vice versa for the for the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's a huge game. Um, Thursday nights haven't been as bad, I think, as previous years for whatever reason. They haven't been good, but previous years have been absolutely terrible. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this game. Melvin Gordon looks like he'll be back. Austin Eckler will be out this week. He's already been uh, ruled out with a bad knee. Uh, so, say for whatever reason Melvin Gordon can't play, that means Justin Jackson is a fantastic play. Uh, as a, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2 most likely, just because Kansas City is so bad. Um, but Keenan Allen, you start him, fire him up. Phillip Rivers is due for a big game. I, I'm just hoping that this just doesn't have the Thursday night stink on it and all these top-end guys like Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen don't kind of just regress 20% because they're playing on a Thursday night. I mean, obviously you start these guys no matter what, but do you think, Sean, that fantasy owners who have this, these guys are at a bit of a, a, a disservice here? I think it actually could get wide open. I, I think it hinders maybe more the defense, although Tyree Kill, yeah, that's a problem. Um, get the bad, hell, bad heel. Yeah, and, and I think – He's someone that's – they can deal with Sammy Watkins being out. Conley's came in. He's had a couple good games. Um, the kid out of Georgia. Tyree kills – that. that's a whole different ball game for what he does offensively and stretching the right. field. So that is something to watch very closely. Does he have a snap count that he's limited to? You know, what, what shakes out with, uh, with his work and performance this mm-hmm. week? But I think that, that just – kind of bolsters my thought on why Damian Williams is the fantastic start this week. You know, again, I'm, I'm picking him up in a league where I lost Kareem Hunt and Austin Eckler. Uh, I'm picking him up in the league from the Ville where I like Mark Ingram, but you just it's so hard to trust him because he is so touchdown dependent. He's not going to get the yardage. He's not going to get the uses to justify uh, being a starter if he can't get in the end zone. But Damian Williams had two touchdowns last, last week, and I'm not saying he's a good player by any stretch of the imagination. He's technically the third running back for the Chiefs this year, but the fact is that offense is so explosive. And, Sean, to your point, I think that we could see the, the Chargers defense kind of be less than tip-top shape because of the Thursday night game. So – you know, Damian Williams is, is readily available. I mean, I was actually shocked that he was still available in our league. Granted, there's only four teams still in the hunt. But, um, you know, he's he's a starting running back on arguably the best offense in the NFL. Great, great, great value this week. I highly suggest you pick him up. Um, that's all I got for this game. I mean, any other thoughts on any other players either on the Chargers side or the Chiefs side? No. Uh, it would be an entertaining game to watch. So we'll we'll see. You're just ready to talk about the Cleveland Browns at Denver Broncos. I'm, I'm, on, I'm gearing up for on, Saturday. That's right. On Saturday. So there's two Saturday games, Browns and Broncos, and then Texans at Jets. Get the Texans-Jets out of the way. You can talk about that. I don't care about that. There's a bunch of poo-poo as far as I'm concerned. That's fine. We'll, 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 we'll just, I'm just going to briefly say on that one, I actually like Demarius Thomas as much as I want to throat punch him. I do like him this week against the Jets' leaky secondary. I also like Elijah McGuire to be a good start this Didn't week if you need a running today, back. I think. 
He didn't practice today, but let's see what he does. So today we're recording on Wednesday. See what he does on Thursday because Isaiah Crowell's banged up. Uh, they got another guy who's banged up. If McGuire can play, he's a good start this week against Denver, but or against uh, against Houston. But let's talk Cleveland Browns at Denver Broncos. The Zebros are going to be there. They will be lighting up the stands, the bars, every which way about it. The Mile High City will never be the same again. And meanwhile, Mr. Saturday will be napping the whole time. Oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Dan Shrek will not kick it whatsoever. He'll be tied to his ball and chain. He'll be whining. He'll be saying he doesn't want to buy a green tee shot. He'll probably leave in the third quarter. But the Zebros are going to kick I'll be it. honest. I hope he doesn't buy a green tee shot because we're separating <laughs> men from boys. Little boys drink the tee shots. We're going big time. Like, I'm firing. we're firing out of the gate. Hot and heavy. Hitting it hard, do a little fireball for for the league. Um, G- give me give me the itinerary. What's the plan for Saturday? Friday night arrival or, or for the weekend. Fr- Friday night arrival in the evening. Get set up at the Airbnb downtown, nearby everything. Um, I mean Taiwan on Friday night. Some golden tea. Um, really get after it. Obviously, loud, obnoxious, sports oriented arguments, screaming. Um, so Tuesday for for the zebras usually okay yeah, just yeah just a you know a random Wednesday night <laughs> just, just to warm up um, okay little little TGIF and then uh, wake up rise and shine probably rise couple, no rise rise and grind rising yeah whatever uh, probably <laughs> bloody mary of some sort um, maybe double it and then uh, I don't know maybe a screwdriver maybe double it again and uh, I mean I'll put it this way. We're off the board whether or not we're we're rearing to go in um, by noon on Saturday, and the game is I don't even know what time Denver time, but it's in the evening, so <laughs> we'll be rearing to go. Look for a little... brown sideline. Uh, we're gonna aim for as good a seats as possible, uh, so that you know we're we're nearby. As I believe we will be celebrating a victory. Uh, you know, in Mile High Stadium, and, and we'll go and paint the town brown and orange. Um, and then we're going to relax and watch football all day Sunday, wake up Monday, and then it's a flyback. Very jealous. Uh, I was invited to the soiree to, to celebrate the one Monday Night Man's engagement. Congratulations to him. Couldn't make it for various reasons, but I will be there in spirit. Looking Very much looking forward to all of the texts. Uh, and videos that are sure to come come their way. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's guys, what little uh, Mister Saturday can do. He can do he can do all the videos <laughs> and send them to you guys while while we're living our lives. Yeah, last uh, last time you guys went out there, didn't the Monday Night Man get hit by a car? Mm. That was a Dallas game. That was Dallas. Oh, okay, we've done well, Kansas City, <laughs> where I I lost wallet um, and missed the game, and then because I could, couldn't find any of my stuff, and then. Atlanta, uh, really no problems there. We won that game. That was like the last road win we had. Oh, yeah. And um, Tampa was early this year. I couldn't make it. I had a wedding. So a couple others from the from the crew went. So some of us then uh, did a redo or a makeup here for the Denver, and others couldn't make it for it. Okay. We've done the Indianapolis. Nice. We've, we've done some good. We did Detroit. Um, so I'm really excited for Denver. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm jealous. Like I said, I'm looking. I'm, I'm wish I could be there with you guys, uh, enjoy it. But let's talk about the game. 
So the Browns coming off a huge win against the Panthers. The Browns are still in the playoff conversation. I think that they have a really good shot of actually making the playoffs if things fall their way. They have a 3.8% chance. You just said really good shot. Here's this. We win Saturday night. Then we can start talking about it. Just well, if if they win, I mean, they have three very winnable games. Yeah, but yeah, but the problem is, is everybody else has to lose. Everybody else right, has right. to lose two of three. So you need the Giants. If the Giants win this week, and Miami loses to Minnesota, as probably expected, I mean, there's some yeah. legitimate easy things. And maybe Pittsburgh loses this week and next week. And all of a sudden, things get very, very dicey come week 17 because the Browns well, the Pat- play the Ravens, so they do control that. But you need a couple of these teams to lose this week. Baltimore probably doesn't lose to Tampa, but there it, there is a possibility. But you you got to take care against Denver, who is a team that is ahead of you, so you can get mm-hmm. them behind you. And then mm-hmm. you start to look at the Colts, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Steelers are somebody to watch, and um, – I know there's another team, and now it's slipping my mind. Well, I think the Steelers lose this week against the Patriots. I don't. I mean, yeah, they're playing in Pittsburgh, but with the way the Patriots were embarrassed at the end of the game last week, I just think there's no way the Pats lose this one, uh, especially when it's being so so important. Also, with James Conner likely being out again this week, they really have no no running game whatsoever. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster has obviously turned into the the number one wide receiver there in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, I'm not saying he's Sir Pat. Okay, let me pump the brakes a little bit. He's being treated, Antonio Brown is being treated like the number one wide receiver, which opens up a lot for Juju Smith-Schuster. And Juju's numbers are now as the number one guy. Is Juju's better than Antonio Brown moving forward in a dynasty. This is oh, the abso- this absolutely, is yeah. the 16th Juju's hole 22. for Antonio Brown. Maybe the 17th hole. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I agree with that. Um, and A.J. Green's but, on the 18th hole. Uh, so, Green's in the clubhouse, and some of the and Julio Jones is maybe fourteenth. Mm, yeah, fourteenth is good. I, I like that. But but I guess I guess what I'm saying is though is that I think that and Devontae Adams an ain't made the turn yet. <laughs> There's an opportunity for the Browns to get into the playoffs here, and I I don't think it's wildly crazy to say that it could happen. But let's talk about this game. Jarvis Landry, talk to me about him. What can we expect from him moving forward? I love because... the fact you just played the schedule game, and Nick and Akron, if he bothers to listen to the pod, the jerk. Um, he can blow me. I don't care. He's going to find that whole Hat, section math. thrilling. Good, good. Rewind it, listen to it again. How about this? Come on the pod. How the, how the playoff, Come on how the, the pod and Nick shoot and your shot. Shoot how your shot. How the playoffs, Nick and Akron? You ain't there because you stink. Crushing double whoppers like a little bitch. <laughs> All right, talk to me about Jarvis Landry this week. They found ways to get Jarvis the ball. I I don't know that Jarvis is a consistent play though. Um, Kitchens did a fantastic job last week, but you could easily throw Duke in that same type of role. Maybe not the ability to throw it, who um, and do and the the route running there in the first quarter to make the big touch or second quarter to, to make the big touchdown catch. But they they found ways to get on the ball. And it all centers around Baker. Every week they're opening more of the playbook up, and he knows exactly where to go with it. Um, yeah, he threw three interceptions against Houston, but those were, and I've, I've seen those breaking, broken down, those were just slight misreads on like the depth of a corner or the spot of, of where the ball was. Like, those were razor close, at least the one to Deval, from being a 30-yard completion. So 
when you're missing it that fine of a margin, uh, you're you're saying a lot uh, as far as mm-hmm. how well you're commanding the situation and the team. And then he came out and threw for 350 and, and you know for the whole game and had a masterful second half of that to kind of bring them close and in it. And if um, who's, who's Callaway doesn't fumble at the goal line. That game's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Uh, but he fumbled, right. and then Tennessee went down and scored and put it to bed. So the game was a little bit closer than, than people probably would realize, especially for how bad the defense played the first quarter and a half. So mm-hmm. I, I, the sky's the limit. I I want to see how, how Baker does. Mile high, two strong edge rushers, crowd, that atmosphere. If he's game for that, then uh, as I suspect, we got one. Yeah. So, so okay, so I think you feel confident in, in Baker going into this week and, and hopefully, you know, your your point that um, – actually, your brother's point that we talked about last week when asking to start Jarvis Landry or somebody else was that Baker spreads the ball around too much and was it not for uh, a rushing touchdown and a beautiful throw that had little um, margin of error by, by Baker to Jarvis. You know, he had two touchdowns last week. But does, does Baker spread the ball t- around too much to really rely on the Browns receiving core right now? Uh, yeah, I think the the one guy you can count on is Nick Chubb. I mean, his stats speak, speak for themselves. I think he's a top five running back. Like, if you look at the last six, seven weeks, uh, I know that mm-hmm. seems a little crazy, but some of those guys you think are in the top, I mean, Barkley's won over the last five, six weeks. But... It, it, make a case why Chubb wouldn't be in the top five from a pure production standpoint. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's getting the usage right now, and there's it's not like that the Browns ever really go away from the running game. So I, I, I actually don't disagree with that. But I think also, too, you could argue that a guy, Philip Lindsay, on the, on the other side of the ball could be a top five option. Yeah, the only the only thing there is, is I I am su- continue to be surprised that Freeman doesn't get a little – they don't try and kind of – balance it a little bit more but they've been down and and denver lacks any type of explosiveness so they almost have to have Lindsay on the fields so right it, it's easy to see that because he certainly pops when when he has the ball in his hand which is fascinating that he went undrafted but you know just goes to show I, I, that I, these guys aren't experts and um, right yeah I, I still don't do not understand that how how 32 teams can can pass on a guy seven times and it has to be the hometown team that then targets this player because they he's in their backyard like it, it blows my mind because i've seen him play at first i was like okay maybe he's just like a a cute you know one week two week story and then when you finally see him play like no this guy is he's got the athleticism of a, of a true rb1 it, it, it is mind-blowing and it's killed those who've you know drafted Royce Freeman top five rounds this past summer uh, and, and bought into that hype, but I and I, I still don't think that you know by any stretch of the imagination Royce Freeman's a bust. Uh, if you're in a dynasty league, I think he's going to be a great buy low candidate this offseason. But um, I, I think the big the big issue right now with with Denver as well is their their passing game. I mean they lost Emmanuel Sanders to the torn Achilles. They traded Demarius Thomas, so now they're relying on two rookies, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, or yeah, Deshaun Hamilton, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kid so. out of Penn State they got that right. kind of took over for Sanders, but didn't really pop until the second half. It almost like Keenum right. had to to start to trust him a little bit. I actually think he could have a pretty big game this week. Yeah, yeah, and he's a uh, you know I, I still want to see more from him. Like 
everything I've read is that he's a precise route runner, an elite route runner. Um, you know, he's on the Zebros to... roster for Dynasty. We're going to be oh, doing yeah. some advanced scouting. We're going to be. I think he's. Mu- we're going to be in I the lab. Much of the elk, as Tweety likes I think... to say. <laughs> I think he's much in the ilk of actually a Jarvis Landry type where great route runner. He's got more of a burst. He ain't a 4'8 guy. Jarvis is still a 4'8, 4'7 guy. um, Hamilton's a legit 4'4, 4'5 guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's close this game. Uh, Your thoughts on the final score? 94-3. It's the zebra difference. It's like a home field advantage on the road, right? Take the money line. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll put some money on it for you. All right, uh, Arizona Cardinals at Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I still do not understand how why this Falcon team is such a dumpster fire. We all know how much the Cardinals suck. You understand why? We don't have to go over this. We've talked about it repeatedly for about a year and a half. Sarkeesian <laughs> is not a mix. It's a horrible fit. They're gonna run back Quinn. They're gonna run back Dimitrov, and if they run back Sark. Everybody's going to be saying the same thing next year. But next year they're going to have to worry about whether or not Julio just wants to pull a Calvin Johnson and say this this isn't it. I'm, I'm done. done with I'm it. out. Yeah. Uh, which is a distinct possibility. Um, yeah, I think it boils down to literally that simple. And Matt Ryan has to have the perfect situation, i.e. Shanahan, a line that's fully healthy, and he's not had that this year, and he, you know, obviously without Shanahan as well, there's been a noticeable mm-hmm. difference. So, yeah, I think it's as easy as that. Sure. So I'm actually benching Tevin Coleman for Damian Williams this week. That crazy, or do you, or do you? Uh, no, not at all. Move? There's no explosiveness from Coleman. None. Right. Edo Smith. And he's more still explosive. splitting time with Edo Smith. Um, which, uh, which, by the way, everybody Ab- loved Edo Smith. Can pump the brakes too, because their situation and their yeah. offense sucks. So <laughs> it, it, that's what it boils down to as it relates to the Falcons. Ridley's maybe a long-term play, but even then, mm. how much longer are they going to tolerate this Matt, Matt Ryan nonsense? Yeah. Well, they have to tolerate for at least four more years with the contract. At least two more years, so. but yeah. But I think this is a big week for uh, David Johnson. Who didn't practice oh, today. Okay, well then. <laughs> uh, so something just, to watch there. I like Atlanta in this one. This this. Has thirty to fourteen written all over it, and just a snooze fest. Okay, this will not be one that they uh, cut to on the red zone all too much. So, uh, Sean Z says it will be a snooze fest. So here we are. All right, Dallas Cowboys at the Colts. Amari Cooper, like I mentioned, three touchdown game, huge shot in the arm for this Cowboys offense. I still don't, from a dollar standpoint, it's still. Saying giving up a first round pick for Amari Cooper, I still say it's a bad deal. However, it's looking much, much, much more better. Wow, wow. that was a great that was a great sentence, Luke. <laughs> much better uh, week to week, and especially if this this Cowboys team continues to play well and continues to to take that pick from the the teens to the late twenties. Um, I, I really think that this team, with their defense playing well. Leighton Van Der Esch has been uh, a fantastic add to this team that continually loses Sean Lee to injury. Um, and also the offense starting to get going, opening up the pass game and allows Zeke to do a little bit more. It kind of masks some of Dak's uh, inefficiencies. Um, I think that the Cowboys are turning to a problem in the NFC. Uh, do you think the Rams and Saints should be somewhat worried about this team? 
Um, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, Dak. Dak had a lot of throws that he left there. Philly couldn't guard anybody. So, Cooper made some plays. He actually like the touchdown to walk off is a fluke. Um, that actually mm-hmm. was one of the few they yeah. had defended well. But Dak missed a ton and was horrible in the first half. So, I think you have to take that performance with a little bit of grain of salt. They come playoff time, it's still gonna Dak's gonna have to make plays, and I'm just not sure that he can do it. And he's gonna mm-hmm. sit there and get twenty eight, thirty million. Here's what I will say. Yikes. You have to kind of do the Cooper trade now in hindsight, knowing that he was going to pop like this. Now you have Gallup, who's young and cheap, but effective. You mm-hmm. know, another field stretcher. They probably still need a tight end of some sort, but, you know, with how Zeke's playing, you got enough weapons around him. And I think that's how you have to win with that. The problem is once you pay him. Mm hmm. You're going to have to then peel some of that off over time. So mm-hmm. it's going to be fascinating to see what they have to pay Cooper as a result of this. Um, because well, his I mean, price tag talk- is going up. Right. We talked about that. I mean, starting starting prices, the uh, Sammy Watkins, three-year, $48 million. But you're, right? here's, the, one, here's the defense of the Cowboys. And I don't know that I, did, that I agree with this, but you're not drafting any receiver this year, not Nakiel mm-hmm. Harry or anybody else, that you're going to be able to plug in and give you what you've got at least with Cooper. Now, you have to pay a premium now versus four years of non-premium on whatever asset. But you don't know if you're going to hit or not. Now, if you know you're going to take, you know, P.K. Metcalf and he's going to be a stud, then you wouldn't have done that deal. But also, they're sitting there in the high teens or early 20s at, at probably best. So, you know, there it's kind of it, – it, it's a little bit logical when you look at it from that lens and the cap going up 15, 20 million. So mm-hmm. you can make some sense of it at least year or two. It's a, it that second, third, fourth year after that, where it starts to get a little tricky because of the cap. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're talking this year, we're talking this week really. And, uh, but I think it is, it is a polarizing topic to talk about uh, when we start looking at the future in Amari Cooper's dynasty value. I mean, in a few leagues, I was actually trying to trade for him, uh, trying to get him on the cheap, actually, thinking that you know some owners would be done with him and hoping he'd be have a resurgence. And we're starting to see it here. Um, but you know, now he has you know I said wide receiver two potential um, went up and running, but he's he's surpassed that i mean he's a wide receiver one right now i think i think he's a must start every week and i love him this week against the uh, the colts on the other side of the ball ty hilton i think has been um one of the better wide receivers this year andrew luck has obviously had a huge comeback season should win comeback player of the year um i think this is actually a shootout as well as the the, the cowboys defense has been playing i mean they shut down the eagles and the the saints I think on the road they might struggle a little bit against the Colts. I like the Colts this week, um, but I also like this to be a high-scoring game. This can make a lot of fantasy fans happy. Um, are, do you agree with that, or what are your thoughts on the Colts side of the ball? I don't know that it can be high-scoring because I'm not sure that Dallas's defense will allow the Colts to, to get up and down, and I don't think Dallas's offense is good enough to get up and down and, and kind of push pace and push score with it. So uh, on both accounts, I I kind of still see a 23-20 type game, close one, um, hmm. that that goes down the wire. It's a tough one to call here. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. One of the games I'm looking forward to this week. 
um, with the when the Pats play, well, f- for you, obviously the the Browns are playing on Saturday. That means that your Sunday is wide open. You can just kick it and just watch every game. That's kind of like what I like about the Patriots playing at 4:25. That means the one o'clock slate. I'm just going to put my legs up, my feet up, and I'm just going to watch every game and just enjoy it. Um, obviously, when, when your squad's playing at the 1 o'clock slate and there's seven other games going on, kind of ruins it for you. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to this one. This will be one I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on. Um, one game I will not be watching whatsoever is the Detroit Lions at Buffalo Bills. Turd sandwich. I mean, we dogged Josh Allen in the offseason, I think mainly because we didn't want the Browns to take him. But... After seeing him play and went healthy, what's your thought on Josh Allen right now? Sean? You don't I, even bother trying to like. Well, well, no, well, not no. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the next. He's, he's a gimmick. He's a gimmick. No, right, right. So is he? Is he a uh, 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 slightly better Tim Tebow or? Like, what's your what's your take on him so far? Because I just feel like he's been. If you look at a fantasy standpoint, right? He has been. Last the last two weeks, he's been a serviceable starting quarterback for your fantasy squad because he gets it done on the ground. Can this last, or is this just a flash in the pan type thing? What do you think? It's it's a flash in the pan. He's going to get totally figured. He can't throw the ball consistently or put it in spots. So it's we can throw it far. He just can't throw it to the yeah. Right spot. I mean, he's a forty five percent passer. It's just right. It's not going to be effective or efficient in NFL. Um, They'll be able to get by because you got to think this offseason they're going to surround him with a load of talent um, just because they're not paying a quarterback, and I don't really know who else they're playing other than Shady. Well, so good luck good luck trying to convince people to go to Buffalo on a shitty team. Well, that's why you're going to have to pay him an arm and a leg. So I, I expect right. a lot of activity from them and target it with, with the idea of, of weapons in and around him. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, certainly be fascinating to see what shakes out with that. But, I no, I don't see anything that's meaningful from him. The second best rookie quarterback thus far is, and it, this is insane to say, has probably been Lamar Jackson, and he's mm. been a stretch to say he's been average, right. regardless yeah. of what the media says. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the one thing about Lamar Jackson, we'll probably expand on this a little bit more when we get to that game, is him being at quarterback has allowed them to slow the game down significantly. We saw that last week with um, the Chiefs, and we saw that the week before with the Falcons. I mean, somehow, some way, the Ravens still have a suffocating defense. I blame Antler Spray, um, but that's just me as being a diehard Pats fan, the team that absolutely hates the Ravens. Um, but I think that they have just they, – they, they run the ball, and they're able to somehow make it work with Lamar Jackson. But I want to talk with them a little bit later on. But, uh, yeah, this game, Detroit Lions at Buffalo Bills, I just – there's nothing to talk about here. Turd sandwich, I want to move on. Green Bay Packers at Chicago Bears. Sean, I was picking up def- defenses um, for week 14 and week 15 because last week the Bears had a tough matchup, and then again this week they're playing the Packers. We saw the Bears absolutely dominate last week. That defense is legit. They beat down the Rams at home this week. They're playing at home against the Packers. Do you still feel comfortable starting the Rams' defense, who's been arguably the best defense in fantasy football this year? The Rams or the Bears' defense? Yeah, I think I'm you, sorry, the you Bears. still start the Bears' defense because there's still something not entirely right with the Packers' offense. But I will say I'm not terribly confident at a line at five – this Bears team 
don't be surprised if we get a little Aaron Rodgers magic here. And then next week, partic- maybe, and I was going to throw it particularly out, but I, I'm, I'm withholding it. It's your phrase, yep. If Miami beats Minnesota. Not happening, okay. If, but if it does, it's not like <laughs> Kirk Cousins is incapable of pissing down his leg, I think, as we've True. repeatedly True. seen. So, you know, number eight, Poo's in his pants. They lose to Tannehill and the Dolphins on some magic similar to last week. How dare you? Rodgers pulls a rabbit out of the hat. And where's Green Bay? Right back in the thick of it somehow, some way. Which would be hilarious if they would somehow pull something out without McCarthy now. Yeah. No, I mean... I get that if if the Bears weren't so dominant against the Rams last week, I mean, they picked off Jared Goff four times. They held Todd Gurley in check. Sean McVay had absolutely no idea what to do to Vic, against Vic Fangio's defense. Here's the thing, Goff in cold weather. The real problem with the Rams has actually been yeah. about three weeks yep. now. Without Cup, that's a major issue for them. He does. He's a stick mover for them. He he allows him in the slot to get mismatches, and he's a safety valve for golf. That's a massive loss. Well, I think also, too, a few weeks ago, Todd Gurley did bang up his ankle early on in the game. Remember that? Yeah, but Gurley... Well, they, they use Gurley on the back. I know you got into an argument today. I have to disagree with you. Barkley's been more important than Gurley this year. Whoa. And, and I'll go so far, Zeke's been better than Gurley this year. No, well, maybe this year, but that that's that was a the, the who's the better running back in in general. That's that's what that's what bankers love. Naps was getting at. Uh, look at their their career stats. And my thing was, hey, Todd Gurley had two years of Jeff Fisher. That's that's just like you know you can bump his numbers up twenty five percent just solely because of the Jeff Fisher effect. Um, but. No, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, obviously, Todd Gurley's fantasy value has really been due to the touchdowns. I mean, his, his touchdown rate the first half of the season was out of this world. Um, I, I think that's an interesting take, though, Sean, about Cooper Cup being a huge part of that, that offense. And I'm not disagreeing with you on that one by any stretch of the imagination. However, I do think that uh, Robert Woods and, and um, Brandon Cooks are have been viable. And also, you start to see the tight end, Gerald Everett, get a little bit more involved the past few weeks. Uh, as as that Rams offense tries to figure out what they can do without Cooper Cup. I mean, Everett's not your your typical tight end. He's essentially a a, a big slot receiver. Um, he's one of those just bigger bigger guys uh, or shiftier tight ends, I guess. Um, more of a pass catching guy, obviously, which the, the, the Rams don't use a blocking. He's more of the Jimmy much, Graham so. type. Got it. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I I think that um, I'd like to see. Goff at home, I just think that he, they struggled going to uh, a hostile environment in Chicago. Goff coming home in L.A. He'll play Philadelphia this week. I like him a lot this week, uh, and we'll talk about that Goff later. Goff is going to have a monster week if they drive the ball downfield. Philly sure. DBs, I told you Prescott left a bunch. They can't yeah. guard anybody. Right. And they're, if McVay finds the matchups, Goff should have 300 should have 250 at half and yeah. should get 400 on the day because they got to keep the pedal on them anyway. And, well, and Nick Foles will be under center this week too with Carson Wentz likely being shut down for the week. So um, I like – for, for the season, I'm sorry. I like how we're kind of mixing two games in one. That, that's good. That's a nice nice vibe to it. So it keeps it nice and organic. But, uh, but going back to this game, I mean, 
my question for you is, so obviously the Rams offense, one of the best offenses in the league all season, has been high-flying, fantastic, got shut down by the Bears at home. Devontae Adams, three straight touchdowns, three straight games with touchdowns, and he's only had three games where he has not scored a touchdown, but in two of those games he's had over 100 yards receiving. So he's been a bona fide wide receiver one. When, we, when Sean, you and I talked about the pre-draft, you know, ranking our players and our concerns, I said, is Devontae Adams a, a wide receiver one? We're seeing that absolutely he and is. And what did he's I probably, tell you? You told me he was. So. 100%. Had him last year. It's just he's perfect. They find ways before, to get him the ball. They, right. they but throw before it to the it outside, more, so he limits a little bit of his injury concerns. Yep. Before, though, his thing was more touchdowns, whereas this year he's really starting to put it together. Yeah, but that he's was in an offensive have, system that always still got offensive touchdowns for their receivers. Sure. Cobb, Nelson, Adams just had a share. So you're looking at someone that's a five, six, seven touchdown that's now, mm-hmm. with those guys really gone, because Cobb's been yeah. you know, non-existent this year, now this sudden it's 10, 12, 10, 11, 12, and you know, you're looking at an, an absolute fantasy monster. Yeah, oh, he's 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 going to be looking at 15 touchdowns this year. With and my point was that now he's also turning to a complete player. He'll have over 100 receptions. He'll have close to 1300 yards receiving, and probably close to 15 touchdowns. So, absolute monster wide receiver one. So my question to you though, Sean, is can the Bears shut him down this week? No, Green Bay does enough and have enough the ability to find ways to get him the ball. Um, he's going to get his numbers, weather permitting. Um, but, you know, and like I said, I actually like the Packers in this one. Call me crazy. Joe Philbin. I believe in Joe Philbin. I think <laughs> what Joe does this week is he doesn't use his challenge on two calls that he <laughs> should have used the challenge on. But it, the first he just doesn't do it now. So it's the old zing when everybody else is zagging. I think, sure. you know, in Joe we trust. I'm behind him. I think they find a way to get Aaron Jones and, and Adams the ball a lot more. And um, – be weary of a little bit of no huddle, too, particularly when Matt comes off the field. They'll try and keep him off the field. If Joe Philbin wins this game, is he the head coach next year for the no. Green Bay Packers? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Miami Dolphins heading to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense look so bad in Seattle. That Monday night football game was terrible. Uh, you think they turn it turn it around at home against the Dolphins? I do, had... and I think they do it because they absolutely pound the ball. I think Cooks has a, a mon- lot of Dalvin or, Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook has a monster game. Mm-hmm. I think Murray maybe poaches a couple touchdowns because twenty to twenty, it's going to be the Cook show. If Howard plays for uh, Xavier and Howard for Miami, that's a problem for Diggs. Um, mm-hmm. Very physical, and Diggs, you know. Seemed to struggle, actually, a little bit with Seattle. He did make a play um, late in the game, but for the most right. part, he was held in Big check. Touch. They couldn't consistently get the ball to Thielen, um, which was surprising, all things considered. And Cousins was just bad. Any type of pressure you put on him, happy feet, and he just seems to do the Cam Newton, you know, no-look sling to the sidelines mm-hmm. at times. Um if he's not in rhythm, that's going to be a real problem for them, and, and it can give Miami a little bit of a chance here. I think Minnesota's more than likely going to win comfortably, but um, you know, I, I thought they were going to be able to pull out Seattle and a couple of these other games this year, and every time you, you start to feel remotely confident with them, you know, it's poo-poo time in, in uh, number eight's pants. <laughs> well, it looks like Xavier Howard's not going to play this week, so that 
makes things interesting. What I mean, a we- gutless performance from him. <laughs> Before the Patriots' uh, dreams got snatched away, um, they were getting shredded. Uh, the Dolphins were in the secondary. The Pages were too. But uh, you know, without Howard, that te- that team really struggles in the secondary. The Dolphins, that is. So I actually really like um, them to attack that. You know, the one thing the Dolphins did well last week, other than run the most gimmicky play ever to perfection, was stop the run. Um, Sony Michelle could not get anything done on the ground for the Pats last week. I I, I don't think that Dalvin Cook is going to struggle per se. But I do think that the Vikings are going to try to attack the passing game a little bit, get Diggs, Rudolph, Thielen involved, get him going, get Kirk Cousins in a rhythm, uh, because they know they need to ride him to, to you know have some sort of success. But I, I think the Vikings win this one handily. I also think that Thielen puts in a wide receiver one game, uh, Cook scores a touchdown or two, and you know Diggs is is productive, and Kirk Cousins just does his standard. 350 for three and, a, and an interception. Uh, at least that's what I'm banking on for about that's two a or monster three game. leagues. Yeah, but that but it's a monster game, but it's also it was a monster game five years ago. In, in 2018, it's like a top ten quarterback. Uh, be a little leery of that. Those numbers from three four weeks ago. We're starting to get into you know the heavy part of the season when it game buttholes pucker in late November and, <laughs> and December. So. You know that as well as anything. Sure. You don't expect to see 400-yard games, and I'd be shocked if we were to see it you know, tomorrow night, for instance. Sure, sure. All right, Oakland Raiders at Cincinnati Bengals. There's nothing redeemable. Joe Mixon is the play. Boyd, other than that, there's no one. Cook, three guys to play. Maybe Carr if you're in a pinch and you don't like the matchup with your other quarterback. Who's probably a, a big time starter? So I, I'd even be leery of that. But, ugh, what a shit fest! I'd say worst case scenario, if you are just in an absolute bind, you start Jalen Rashard. But his value is coming from behind and catching passes out of the backfield. I don't know that for once. I don't know the Raiders will be coming from behind. I mean, it's um, this game's gonna suck. Not looking forward to it. It's going to be pretty terrible. So uh, I'm going to move on. Don't want to talk about it anymore. Don't want to talk about the Jeff Driscoll, David Carr show. Um, but Tampa Bay at Baltimore Ravens. So we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson. But a player on the Ravens that I think could be a difference maker in fantasy football leagues is Kenneth Dixon. You know, we've if Farkey was on the pod, he'd be waxing poetic about his love for Alex Collins, his hate for Buck Allen, accepting Gus Edwards and hating Harbaugh. I'm not sure if, how he feels about Kenneth Dixon, but, Sean, how do you feel about Kenneth Dixon? I don't care about Kenneth Dixon. He's oh, law. okay. I actually, This is a trouble spot for Baltimore, in my opinion. Um, Tampa's been a little explosive. Deshaun Jackson's not going to play, which is better. Bigger targets for Winston. They don't have to force him on the field. So... I, be very, very leery if the Ravens. They're not terribly explosive. They're riding the high of a loss, which is goofy as all hell. They come sure. home, it's a little relaxing. You know, maybe the weather just is a little neutralizing to Tampa, but you know Winston and, and company can put up some points in this one. And I could see a big game from Mike Evans, OJ Howard, 
you know, even a Godwin type play is maybe a wide OJ Howard's three. on OJ Howard's on the IR. So, so he's not gonna have a big he... game, but Cameron Brake. <laughs> um I don't have OJ Howard. I tried to trade for him, but so and obviously in that I'm not paying much of attention to uh just the idea of trying to trade for him is probably led him to the IR the way that your season's going so far this year. That's a fair point. <laughs> but Tampa's yeah, a little bit Cameron Brait, you know, I love the fact that Jameis loves him so much. Two touchdowns last week on two catches. Uh, I picked him up in a couple leagues just because tight end's been so fluky this year. I figure with Howard on the on the IR, at least you know that Brait is going to be a red zone option, and that alone makes him a low end tight end. I'll put it this way. Brait's a top six tight end right now. Ebron, so Kittle. Uh, is, Gronk, is Gronk top six? No, I don't think Kelsey. I don't Kelsey, Kelsey and Ertz. Um, Ertz. I don't think Gronk is top six right now. You know, it's Hot funny. Take. So he, Gronk at <laughs> that, that's not a, that's not a bad take. Gronk actually looked good last week catching the ball. How about tackling? Everything else? Did he look good tackling? No, did not break, good. Did he not break good. down? Did he break down and make the play? Just, just break down, Gronk. That's all you got to do. Well, are we going to go there? Are we going to go there? Let's go there. Okay. Sean, 75 yards. Bill Bel- hey, Bill Belichick. 75 yards to go for Ryan Tannehill on a bum ankle. He's not throwing a Hail Mary. He's just not going to. There's just in no universe, no anything is he going to throw a Hail Mary. So. Why do you put Rob Gronkowski back there? And listen, if you think he's going to throw a Hail Mary, that's fine. I don't care. Bill Belichick knows more than I do about football. If that's the case, I don't know. Put a guy like Josh Gordon back there who can run, who's 6'4". Put a guy like Cordero Patterson who's 6'3 and can run and can also tackle because he's on special teams. I don't know. Maybe put Devin McCourty there because he plays safety. So, oh my God. No, I didn't have McCourty in the game. No, I, you, you, your your former All Pro safety was on the bench, and you know it's one of those things where it's like you're. I'm not even mad. Well, I'm mad at the Patriots because Kyle Van Noy was lined up on the line, and it was funny. He I, before the play started, like I don't like his body language. He's not like ready for the play. He's kind of lollygagging, and I mean, rightfully so. The what was number the last one time you- critical thing in that situation, and it seems bizarre, if you rush three, those three have to play like bad out of hell. You have to force right. the quarterback to do something a second or two sooner than they intended to do. That's the whole defense of that. And the weird thing is, Belichick absolutely knows those things unequivocally. He's been in enough of those situations. To have Gronk on the field is ridiculous in and of itself but for those guys to have been coached that way and to have any level of nonchalant is right absolutely bizarre question though when was the last time though sean that you saw that play work the band on the field play right no honestly everybody says like one you know it happens in college football once a year at least okay i mean i can't i don't know that it's happened this year but i Miami Duke a couple years ago, similar type. It's all kind of in that type of play. Um, right. You know, I could certainly I, – I would say 
some form of D1, it happens once a year. Okay. All right, so we talked a lot about And it almost happens in NFL a bunch. Like, there's every couple years, there's like, oh, if he only had done this or he was that close or this. And and for all intents and purposes, like, the Diggs play last year in the playoffs was close to that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, it wasn't. It was a bad tackle, but. All right. Do we got anything else to talk about the Tampa Bay Baltimore Ravens game? No, I think we turn it into New England. <laughs> All right, weird, weird. A podcast I'm on. I want the bug. I want the Tampa Bay, Bay to win. I, that's I've talked myself into a little upset. All right, because yeah, no, it would help the, the, the your, your Browns your, fan, your Browns playoff to. lock that you said earlier. Yeah. Hot hot take. Sean wants the the Browns to make the playoffs. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. For no, that, you Sean. said the likelihood of it. Okay. Well, yeah. But hot take. You want the Ravens to lose. Right. Okay. All right, uh, Titans at Giants. Don't fall into the Derrick Henry trap. That's what I want to tell everybody. Yes, he had three touchdowns oh, or four touchdowns. This has right? 19 carries, 42 yards written oh, all yeah, yeah. over it. Oh, don't start him at all, please. I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to play against Derrick Henry in every single fantasy football league I'm in. Do not fall into the trap. He did more. He had about 100 fantasy points on the season. He put up 50 in one game. See, here's the problem. 50. You know what it's going to hit? It's going to screw up how he's evaluated into redrafts next year, too. So and everybody's going to have him that. two rounds higher as a result. Well, he had this many points. He had this. And you have to throw you have to throw out a bad zero or one point out, the low point outlier. And you got to flip the other end of it, too. And... You, that's listen, when it comes to preparation is you've got to manage consistency evaluations too. Listen to the Never Ending Glory podcast, and we will tell you not to draft Derrick Henry. He's not a good running back in the NFL, at least not for fantasy purposes. I agree with you 100%. And One if you got him in I Dynasty, you absolutely look to flip him in the offseason. Trade, 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 Value trade, at trade, trade. at its highest. I mean, I was trying to trade. I was actually trying to trade for him once Demarco Murray left. I'm so happy I, I didn't get any deals done. His his value was sky high, and it, it's going to be as high, if not higher, this year. Don't take the bait. I'm telling you, people. If you're in my league, please do take the bait because I want you to get worse. Simple as that. But let's talk about a rookie running back this year, Sean. We were both down. All of us. I mean, really. Me, you, Farky, the Monday Night Man, pretty much anybody who we're friends with was down on Saquon Barkley yeah. as check as the, being check the tape. That? It was his ability to be a consistent running back. Now I will I will grant this. Well, no, he's no, been no, a lot it, it better. Was, it, it, I said all well, along yes, the guy's yeah. going to catch eighty balls. No, of course, but but it was it was was he a once in a generation type player? And we've been on the record saying no, we don't think he is. And even early on when he was putting up big numbers because he was getting seven catches a game or would break off an 80-yard touchdown, we said, well, yeah, because he is breaking off these crazy touchdowns, it's not going to last. Well, it's, it's, it's lasted, okay? It's been pretty consistent that he's been a he, – right now he's the number two scorer in, in PPR leagues for running backs. Um, he's on pace to break the record for most points for a rookie running back. The record holder right now is Edron James. 
1999 had 1,553 rushing yards, 62 catches, 586 receiving yards, and 16 total touchdowns. That was 353.9 points. Saquon, who's currently at 333.3 fantasy points, is on pace for 1,383 rushing yards, 96 catches, 774 receiving yards, and 16 total touchdowns. That will be 407.7 fantasy points. So, Sean, I ask you this question, and yes, your point is that he was going to get checkdowns, which we're obviously seeing with those those inflated receiver numbers, that that's been a product of him being on a bad team. But is Saquon Barkley what everybody was calling him as, one of those generational talents, or is this just he's been the only consistently healthy weapon? I hate the generational talent. He's had a great season, and I'm not going to take anything away from that. Let's, he's in an era where a lot of running backs are putting up monster numbers. So let, let's just put some of this stuff in perspective. I thought the running back was dying. Yeah, well, that was overblown in the first place because the, the PPR aspect of it just explodes. It. I mean, look at the season Christian McCaffrey's putting up. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 there's eight of these guys that have been absolutely incredible this year. So right. all things considered, I think it, it, it serves – just pumping the brakes a little bit as it relates to um, you know the absolute you know certainty that this guy is a top fiver all time and he's Barry Sanders reincarnated. With Barry Sanders plus Eric Dickerson. Uh huh. <laughs> That's what the Monday Night Football crew is saying. The Monday Night I I listened <laughs> one time I think it was two weeks ago and. and I oh, kept asking so you guys throughout it if this is how it's actually been. When Witten starts going off about the Redskins and, and Reuben Foster, when he was with Greg Hardy, I, I got major issues with the, with a level of hypocrisy that's unrivaled when it comes to I love uh, I love that every every week we have at least some sort of bitch session. And they don't about... they don't actually call the game. They talk about all this no, other stuff because they want to show their knowledge. <laughs> Just call the damn game. Like, John Madden didn't start talking about all these other – like, just watch a couple of their games. Some are all on Madden. Less is more and focus on the game. That's it. I love that we have our weekly bitch sessions. I was actually waiting for the Monday night game to talk about our weekly bitch session about the Monday night football crew because it's the Saints and the Panthers, and there's a lot of fantasy matchups on the line there that will be ruined solely because of Wit, Boog, and Tess. But – um God, hot take. Jason Wynn's actually the best out of the three of them. I think Tess is terrible. I There's think Bug no, is just a jackass on the on the snot rocket. Who, who's the um? Do they is Bug the field reporter too? He yeah, technically yeah, but but he gets he but he he butts himself in all the time. None uh, none in, of in them the are good. The I can't say one's better than the other. They're all hideously FMK horrible. FMK FMK go FMK no. You're weird. <laughs> Fudge, Mary, kill, go. No. Come on. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Odell Beckham, I think he plays this week. What do you think? Yeah, I think Odell plays okay. this week. I actually think they yeah. got a little taste of the playoff bug or whatever. I'd be shocked. I actually think they're going <laughs> to shit down their leg this week. But, um, oh, my God. Yeah, I think he plays and. I don't care about that game. I just want to see the final score, and I'd like to see. I, I'd love the Giants to lose so I could hit my um, 
under win you're, total, you're over, yeah. but I'd also just like – I, I, I'm conflicted here. So I, I I hope it ends in a tie. Then I'd okay. win. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, we also have the Sanchez slash Josh Johnson versus Cody Kessler Bowl. Redskins at Jags. This game is going to be terrible, and I'm going to bring it up again because Farkey dogged me when I kept on saying that, can you trust AP? He had a 90-yard touchdown two weeks ago. That touchdown single-handedly got me to the playoffs in one league. But last week, he did absolutely nothing. And the week before, when he had the 90-yard touchdown... I don't know the last week that, was his fault when Sanchez gives up a, a pick-six well, no, like well, the of first course. throw of the game. Of course. Well, that, and, that, and that's all part of the equation. I'm not saying it's necessarily Adrian Peterson. I mean, obviously, if it wasn't Adrian Peterson, if he didn't have the talent to do what he can do, he wouldn't have that 90-yard touchdown. There's always that potential. But that offense is so bad with Mark Sanchez at quarterback or Josh Johnson running a gimmicky college offense because he's only been there for a week and a half. You just can't trust Adrian Peterson because either they're going to be playing from behind or teams are going to stack the box well, early. You know who else you can't trust? Leonard Fournette. Can't that's trust true. Him. That's true, and that's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue this for game, me in a this, couple leagues. This game sucks. Jordan it's Reed, terrible. IR. The, yeah. I'm telling you, it's just zebras don't change their stripes. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, the and I'd like to thank for, Crowder um, for seventy yard touchdown. Me riding or, him on a roster that? all season long. Yep, yep. And the week fourteen, where shit, pure shit, is out of the playoffs. <laughs> he drops a massive bomb, and uh, yeah, I just thanks. <laughs> I had to play him actually in one league, and. Um, I still lost, but um, yeah, it was good to see him finally get it going, score a touchdown, guarded a long touchdown last week. I mean, it's really hard to, to trust anybody in this game. Obviously, if you have Leonard Fournette, you're starting him. I think really Fournette's the only must start in this game, and even then, you know, it's it is really tough. I mean, I, I think he has the potential to still you know get a goal line touchdown um, or break off a long one, but you know, with AP again being the only offensive threat on this team. And just no threat of a passing game whatsoever. Teams can stack the box on him. They'll probably be play be playing from behind. Uh, I'm benching him. You know, we mentioned Damian Williams. I'm going to bench him for Deion Lewis as well this week. Uh, it's just as much as I love AP, and he was great early on this season. It's not so much him that's causing me to fade him, but it's just the team around him. If you see Alex Smith or even Colt McCoy is there, I'd feel comfortable. But with Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson. It's just it's it's a it's a no brainer must bench for me. With that being said, he'll probably score two one yard touchdowns and just you know make me want to punch myself in the balls. But it over is what it under is. number of legs next season that Alex Smith has one and a half. Oh, uh, if Zach Miller can make it out with two legs, I think Alex Smith can. Okay, interesting. It's a take. What about McKenzie Milton Alex Smith combined three and a half? Ooh. I'm gonna actually just I'm just can I can I buy the half point and just go three and a half? Tech, I'm gonna say a push because I think they're gonna get one's <laughs> gonna get lopped off at the knee. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, exactly. I wanna buy that half point if possible. Wait, I just told you I said the line's three and a half. Well, I'm taking the line then. I thought it was over under. Alright, let's let's move on. I, I'm I'm good at talking to NFL. I'm not good at talking about lines of, of 
appendages that are going to be cut off. You're no fun. <laughs> Seahawks, San Francisco. God, how bad was Russell Wilson on Monday night? He lo- he had that clueless look. I did, it's you know he has buddy, he has three of those games a year. You know what? Yeah. He's the new Tony Romo. I, Tony Romo was incredibly underrated, but uh, so he he and Russell's a little overrated. So they sure. they do have they're on that opposite end a little. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like production wise, there's a ton of similarities probably between those two. They have uh, a little, genuinely uh, two or three not, games not, where they're just awful. Sure, but not not in the rushing game though. Like it, you know, obviously. Pure production-wise, maybe, but Romo never could rush. Yeah, but Russell Romo Wilson was did. a hell of a lot better passer than Russell Wilson is. So sure. I guess that's what I'm saying. Just, you know, what for not. They're just, just overall. Equal. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, but but what's your take this week? I mean, do you think that this team can bounce back against the uh, the the uh, Niners? Well, I'm, I think this has like 9-6 type game written all over really? it. Really? Like a 13-6, yeah. 13-7. I just okay. think it's an ugly one, and um, you know, unless Shanahan dials some things up for for my guy George Kittle, uh, mm. yeah, I don't I don't see a particularly fun stat game. Okay, I, I think that the uh, the secondary in San Francisco is just not very good, uh, whereas you know Minnesota still has a, a very good defense, especially with uh, Kendricks coming back. Well, Minnesota so, does not playing in this game. And Kendricks, no, no, but, but la- Kendricks went no, but on the la- IR today. No, but last week, no, you're thinking of Michael Kendricks. No, uh, Aaron Kendricks last week. What are you talking why... about? We're talking Seattle, San Francisco, man. <laughs> you're talking Minnesota. Who played? Who played on Monday night? Who played? Who played on Monday night? What's that? You're, we're talking Seattle. San no, what, what 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 I'm saying is that the, the, Russell Wilson's struggles last week was against a very good Minnesota defense. I don't think that San Francisco boasts the same defense as Minnesota. So, I disagree with your statement that Russell Wilson Seattle was bad, struggle again. just as much at home because he was he had a bad game and now he's going to go sure. on the road, which could yeah. be a little bit of an X factor and. You know, San Francisco's against, defense played a little bit better, and certainly Sherman's going to come to play. But against a who's team had a really good year this year, a team that's that's fighting for the number one overall pick. You know, it's not like they're they're this middle of the road team. And that's, yet, though, know, has actually played well in a lot of games this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the coaching helps that, but I, I just think that I'm I'm not ready to to bury Seattle right now. I guess I still think they have potential. Uh, to, to make some sort of noise, at least in the wild card round of the playoffs. Um, so, I, I, and also, too, they, they've been getting it done with the likes of David Moore, Tyler Lockett as their top two receivers. Chris Carson running the ball, Farkey's fave right there. And, and, and Russ can get it done with his legs. And with, that, with all that being said, San Francisco's defense isn't very good. Minnesota's defense with Kendrick's. Eric Kendrick said is, is is a very good defense. Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith. I mean, they have a very good team. I don't think San Francisco can offer the same amount of firepower. No, n- not at all. But, you know, shorten the game, find ways to kind of muddy it up. Um, and San Francisco, for as many injuries they've had this year, to be as competitive they are, I think, is a testament to what they've built there already with Lynch and, and Shanahan. And, and this Maybe is their Super Bowl this year. They're this week. 
Throw the records yeah. out when Seattle <laughs> goes to San Francisco. fighting for the number one overall pick. Throw the records out. You've not watched enough San Francisco games. They've been entertaining right. this year. You're right. You're right. I, I've missed out on, on the high You've missed out San on George Kittle literally with Nick Mullins. A, a, a top 10 receiving option this year. That's what happens when your dynasty squad stinks and you're looking at the process. I'm, I'm worried about Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Patrick Mahomes. I'm worried about all the studs. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about this trifling San Francisco BS. Um, all right. One team I am worried about is the Patriots at Pittsburgh. I think Big Ben at home could be troublesome for the Patriots. I mean, embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing against the, the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill last week on the road in Miami where they struggle. But I was secretly hoping that Big Ben had a multi-week injury. That's not the case, it seems like. Who do you like in this game, Sean? Do you like the Steelers or the Pats? I like the Pats in a close one. I think Steelers sit in zone defense or some silly thing that Brady just picks them apart pretty repeatedly. Uh, Edelman, big game. Um, Is Hogan back? Hogan's been back. I know. I know it's shocking to hear that because he's been such a non-factor. He's been so absent, but he all every single year, whether it's a regular season, the playoffs, he has his breakout game against the Steelers because the Steelers forget about him. So is this the week Hogan this breaks is the out? Week. I, and I think Gronk has a <laughs> has a throwback week this uh, coming mm. up as well. I, this is the tailor-made spot. Go on the road. Steelers are really, really unhappy. A lot of unrest there, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like the Pats in this one. I think it's an explosive up and down. I think Antonio Brown has has a monster game too. I know I trashed him a little bit earlier, but um, I, I think he pops a little bit. They get this this one's entertaining. I think something in the thirties. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, thirty eight, thirty five seems pretty spot on for this game. Um, one thing I do want to mention about Gronk though, so obviously everybody in the nation has seen the last play against Miami where he's playing safety and just pretty much stumbled over himself. But before that play throughout the game, I saw vintage Gronk, which we haven't seen since week one of the season. Uh, a lot of just you know going over the middle, taking big hits, making big catches. Uh, just just the Gronk that you know Sean deemed a Hall of Famer earlier on this year. And of course, he's going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done, whether he retires after this year or in three years. Uh, but I think that while Gronk is definitely hobbled. He still is a huge part of this Patriots offense. Uh, I mean, I love love Brady this week. I love Gronk this week. I think Josh Gordon has a big game this week. Uh, Edelman, to your point, I think should be solid as well. I think they probably go away from the running game a little bit, so I think Sonny Michelle might take a step back. James White might get one of those you know eight-yard reception touchdowns, but it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, if you have a Patriot, if you have a Steeler, start both of them. I actually really like Big Ben being a top five quarterback this week as well. Um, and, you know, to, to your point about Antonio Brown, the Patriots struggle against shifty players, and that's what Antonio does. And after having such a, a subpar week last week, I think they probably get him going this week, try to focus on him a little bit. So uh, you're never not starting Antonio Brown, but I think you're very happy with his with his production this week. If you, got it, if you want to make a play in DraftKings, he's probably a guy you want to look at as well. So... But in the end, I do like the Patriots by about three. Uh, 38-35 seems about right for me. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of playoff implications on this because if the Patriots lose again, then they're in big trouble for home field. And then obviously the Steelers, if they lose, 
they're in big trouble for the division. Um, so both teams will definitely come out playing. But uh, the Eagles will be playing the They're going to come out playing. Yeah, that's uh, that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Playing hard. How's that? No. No, I figured one would lay down. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> um, Eagles at Rams. You know, I really think that this is a big bounce back game for the Rams. We talked about it briefly. Uh, Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods get going. Todd Gurley get going. Gerald Everett maybe gets, gets going as well. Uh, Sean, I want I want your thoughts though are on um, Nick Foles. Can he get this offense, the, the Eagles offense, turned around? No, thirty five thirteen. This is an absolute Ooh. ass beating. Philly season ends Sunday. Mm, I like that. I think you're right. I mean, I don't see any way that Nick Foles. Uh, I'm baffled at how Jeffrey and Aguilar have just been non-existent from how well mm-hmm. they finished to the end of last year. Right. It's it's well, bizarre. Well, Je- Jeffrey scored a lot of touchdowns. That was his thing. He's never a high catch guy, never a high yardage guy. He's always a touchdown guy. Aguilar though was you know seven eight catches the game, and he is just non-existent. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely not because of Zach Ertz because Zertz was there last year, and when Ertz was hurt, Trey Burton took over. It's not because they brought in Jordan Matthews because Jordan Matthews is running on the third team. The, Go, on the second team, Goder. I mean, they're two tight ends with those two on right. the field too. Like, there's no reason right. those guys shouldn't eat a little. Right, right. Jeffrey's it's, targets um, have been atrocious since Tate's right. got there. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. And but Tate I also looks think too, old. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Um, I also think too. I mean, I think Wentz is just. I think he's struggling getting back to where he was at last year, and. You know, that, that's just kind of a ripple effect on the rest of the offense. And also, too, the big thing, remember, Frank Reich left. Frank Reich was their quarterback co- or the offensive coordinator. He's gone. So now it's all on um, Doug Peterson. That could be a big reason, too. The I mean, we're seeing the, the Colts those offense three guys well. last year. And, yeah, it, you, those, I think Frank Reich, of all of it, because uh, obviously Filippo just got shit-canned for being <laughs> yeah, horrible. Um, Minnesota, yeah. Reich seemed to be the one, maybe that that was a driving force. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I think I agree with you. I think uh, LA wins big. I'm hoping Gurley and Goff get his. I'm hoping for like three touchdown passes to Todd Gurley. That'd be fantastic. That would help you on a lot of leagues. Um, but New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. I mentioned this. A lot of semifinal fantasy football matchups will be taking place this this game and. Um, you're going to have to listen to uh, Tess, Witt, and Bug. But talk about the teams, Sean. I mean, from the New Orleans side of the ball, I, I mean, you like everybody. You like Drew, Drew Brees. You like Michael Thomas, uh, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. I mean, I'm saying I'm going to potentially bench Mark Ingram for Damian Williams. That's more just because of the upside in Williams. But, you know, Ingram I still think is a solid RB2. On Carolina's side of the ball, Cam Newton, DJ Moore, obviously Christian McCaffrey. I mean, w- w- do you think this is a game where the defenses shine a little bit, or do you think these offensive players who've been stalwarts in your fantasy squads continue to play well for you? Yeah, I think you, you the, the the latter. Um, fully expect that, anticipate that. Uh, the one thing that I would add is I, I, I would expect Cam Newton probably gets shut down after this week. So if – 
you're playing him and he's had a pretty good year, you're you're kind of knocking around. You better have a backup option. Hit the waiver wire in advance of next week sure. because they lose. It doesn't make any sense for him to play next week and the week after with what's wrong with his shoulder, knowing they, they need to have another operation. You're better off getting a jump on some of that too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, what guys are out there you think? So, obviously, you know, a, a Ryan Tannehill who puts up numbers might be available. Um, Lamar Jackson might still be there. Um, Baker might still be out there. I mean, there's still some options out there for you if you need that quarterback situation. But, you know, this week, if, if you're, you know, you're starting Christian McCaffrey, I think they might rely on him a little bit more to protect Cam's, Cam's shoulder. Um, you know, yeah. I, I'm done with Devin Funches. Funches is off my radar. Uh, DJ the, Moore's the only get pass catching guy that, that's worth a damn. Other than the Mr. Thomas kid, the Thomas kid, Mister Mister Effing Saturday picked up Ian Thomas. Uh, I don't know. He he spent money on him. I don't think he plans on playing him against me, but he at least picked him up. You know, because defense is your best offense. Sometimes I guess that might be his rationale. I don't know. Um, you assume he has a rationale. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ian Thomas could be an option for you as well. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a game-breaker for you. You know, again, we mentioned tight end being just a pain in the ass this year. This year but uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it'll be high scoring. Uh, I like the Saints to win this one handily uh, just because I just don't – this Panthers offense is really slowed down. I mean, it feels like six weeks ago they were talking about them being a Super Bowl contender, and now all of a sudden everybody's writing them off, and they really haven't done anything recently, and, you know, Devin Funches is their de facto wide receiver one, and the guy can't even get a catch last week. So I'm all set with the squad. Uh, go Saints. Go Kamara. Need a lot from Kamara this week. That's I'm I'm, I'm praying for his early season 25 plus point explosion. In That's the words of Mad Dog Russo, nobody cares. Nobody cares about your <laughs> fantasy team. Nobody in America cares. Well, good thing we have a fantasy football podcast, Sean. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right, Sean. So that's it for the uh, for the games. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'm jealous. I hope you enjoy your time in Denver. Um, make sure Mr. Effing Saturday takes takes pictures and videos to send to us. But uh, good luck, Godspeed. Make sure you make it out alive. That's the plan. All right, if Sean if Sean makes it out alive, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Hopefully, Farky will be joining us. Hopefully I'll be a little bit less drunk. Uh, Sean, I figured I finished a whole bottle of wine this whole, this podcast. You proud of me? No. Can you tell? Yeah, I mean you just you actually got a little <laughs> bit smarter. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Enjoy this week of fantasy football, and we will talk to you guys next week in Week 16 of the Fantasy Football Super Bowl. Yeah.